Good morning and welcome to CT Brandon. Have you ever felt like life is just happening to you? Like it's, it's like in the movies when, or TV shows and they're sitting down and, um, and everything is in hyperspeed and, and you're just there. It feels like, you know, everything else is exciting for everyone else. For me, sometimes maybe it's I'm on Facebook or whatever and I, I hear the announcements of engagements and babies and moving and job changes and all these exciting things and I'm just chilling at home with my cats or something, right? It feels like for us sometimes like where are our exciting mountaintop experiences? And there's the term called FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I think in those moments sometimes I feel like what am I missing out on, right? Like what's my next adventure? Cause right now I feel like I'm doing nothing. You know, I, I go to work and I come home and I go to the gym and then I make supper and I watch some TV and I go to bed and I do the same thing again. Your routine may be a similar or very different to mine. But today I hope to encourage each one of us to appreciate the season of maybe consistency that we may be in. For some of us, maybe we're feeling the mountain type, but whether we feel it right now, we're, we're going to feel it. Some of us have a season of just life feels consistent. And to find the moments of joy in these calm times. So God, I pray that, uh, that Spirit, you are just here. That it's your words speaking today, not mine. Let our ears and hearts be open to the work that you want to do. Thank you for who you are and thank you for the message that you want to share today. Amen. So today, uh, this message has been titled, The Bare Necessities. And so maybe when you're hearing that, you're thinking, okay, uh, is Nikki going to be speaking about Marie or Mary, whatever her name is, conduing your life? Or, um, you know, spring cleaning, we're getting to, into spring, you know, cleaning up things. Or, you know, maybe don't focus on wealth and stuff to fill our needs. Well, I'm, I'm taking a spin on this topic as much as those are all great. Instead, I want to challenge us. How do we live past the bare necessity of life? How do we seek more in our lives? And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Michael talked about in John 10.10, where we are encouraged to live abundantly. And so how do I help to encourage us to live abundantly, to live past the bare necessity? And I get it. It's easy to get caught up in doing the bare minimum, right? Maybe this is in family and friends and work and in taking care of the home. I know right now I have dishes that I should be doing. Uh, in working out, in other hobbies or activities we have, even in self-care, sometimes we do the bare minimum. I've found this, you know, in different areas of my life. In work, I know I've been in jobs sometimes where all I do is watch the clock and I am so excited when four o'clock comes or whenever my cutoff time was because I was just there to, to make a paycheck. I was missing out on what was more. I know in school what propelled me forward was I am over competitive. So when I knew that I was getting a grade and I could maybe beat someone else, I, I would put more effort in. But when I had a project that was just a pass fail, I knew I just could do enough to pass. My greatest bare minimum performance though, 
comes in the cleaning and organizational department. Um, uh, I've always swung to just getting it done good enough. Um, and so when this, this great moment, I think of one specific moment happened, it was in college. Uh, we had this thing called open dorms. And so it was like, we had guys dorms, girls dorms, and we couldn't go into each other's dorms normally, but once a month you could. Uh, you could go visit each other's dorms. Uh, so what the right thing to do would be you'd clean your room, right? And so I remember uh, I thought the solution would be let's just close our door and like have no one come into our room. That would be my ideal. Uh, I was blessed with a roommate though who liked people and didn't think that that was a great idea. So I remember the first or second time I cleaned the whole room, I put away my laundry, I, you know, did everything I needed to do. It was clean, it was nice, whatever. It was impressive, I guess. Um, by the third time-ish, I was kind of done with that. So I had this idea. I was just gonna take all my clothes and put them in a pile and throw a blanket over them. And then like no one would notice what this mess was, right? Because then I, I made my roommate happy, like there were clothes all over and I was happy because it was way less work. Um, interesting, uh, you know, tactic. Uh, now it's kind of embarrassing but funny to realize that that was my solution. But this is an example of me doing the bare minimum. Me saying like, sure, I'll clean my room by throwing a blanket over dirty clothes or really clothes I just didn't put away. Um, but we do this. Visually, you could see my, my bare minimum, my bare necessity at that point. But I think a lot of times, although you can see that visually, a lot of times we will struggle with things that maybe aren't so visual, especially when it comes to our spiritual lives. And today we're gonna look at a story that I've many times found myself going back to because there's so many life lessons in it. And it's found in Mark 10. It's about a uh, rich, rich young ruler, as some, some people will call it. So it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him, and said, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. But know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And the man's face fell, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter spoke up and said, we've left everything to follow you. 
Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brother or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. It's easy to look at this scripture and to say it's all about riches, right? Just give and you're good, you're set. But the challenge is greater than that. The question is, what if this rich young man, instead he, uh, he was rich in popularity or in success or in friends or in family? Or what if he just had to give something else up? Today, I want to focus on three things that can keep us from doing the bare necessity. Number one, focus on the goal. Because in this story, the rich young ruler's goal is eternal life. He said, give me the list of what you want me to do and I'll do what it says because I've already actually filled out all these other things. He's kept all the rules. He's done right what he's supposed to do. But the thing is, if he actually believed that is all he needed to do, why would he even ask the question? Sometimes our goal is just to get to the end, right? We, we hit on just doing the bare minimum because all we care about is getting to the end. This man knows what his goal is. It's actually a lie that historically many of us have lived by. That we come to church, we read our Bibles, we give, we volunteer, we do all this Christian stuff. We try not to sin because we say the goal is just to get to heaven. But if that's the goal, why is there an earth? If heaven was the goal the entire time, why didn't we just skip earth? Why did God give people free will? Why do we even live out these lives that have pain and difficulty? What is the point if, if heaven is the only goal? Jesus asked this man to sell all he has to follow him. And following him means living with him, being in relationship with him, walking with him. Jesus in this moment goes to the heart of what a lot of us continue to work on. It's that we are not saved by works. We are not saved by acts. We are saved by a relationship with him. In Ephesians 2, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Because we shouldn't just see Jesus as a way to get into heaven. We don't just use this relationship with Jesus and say, okay, we'll be friends with you so that we can get there and, you know, get into the club, right? The like heaven club, the good people club, right? It's not how it is. The goal isn't about where we end up because without a relationship with Jesus, heaven isn't that great. We don't have a goal that we're actually ever going to arrive at is the confusing thing about this. Relationship is our purpose. It's not just this finish line. So to do anything, we have to focus on a goal. And that's just a relationship with Jesus. For the sake of having a relationship with Jesus. No strings attached. So we focus on the goal, even though we can't arrive there too. Focus on the value. Why, why do we fall into this easy habit of coasting 
of just doing, you know, what we can to get there. Because do we even understand that it's really worth it? And I've seen it even with the youth sometimes. If I ask them to, to do something, to accomplish something, um, if the incentive is pizza at the end, the job gets done quicker and usually better. If the incentive is a high five, the job doesn't get done as well. In our spiritual lives, what is the relationship with Jesus really worth? You know, maybe some Bible reading, you know, prayer before bed, waking up early on a Sunday, giving some money. Maybe we volunteer just so we can cross them off because we don't know the value. Our relationship with Jesus is worth everything, is what the scripture is saying. It's worth this man giving up his money, his status, his friends, which is hard to believe. I get it. Because we see a checklist and we're like, that is way nicer. That is way easier. It's so cut and dry. But we can't schedule in life-transforming work. We don't know how long that's going to take sometimes. When Jesus challenges us, it's, it's maybe going to be less about how long we read the Bible and more about do we meditate on the Bible when we read it or are we just reading words? Maybe it's less about how much we talk while we pray and more about do we listen. Maybe it's less about just showing our faces in church and showing up on the chat maybe and more about living in that community that's built. There's a fine balance between things being spiritual and religious. And I think it's a heart balance. It takes effort, it's hard because Sometimes it's painful. It's us showing vulnerability because we're trusting that God will show up. And, and we're worried. What if he lets us down? It's a scary and beautiful thing about having a relationship with Jesus. But we have to understand that worth of the relationship. In Deuteronomy, it says, A God we have who will never leave us nor forsake us. Relationships take work. God is always there, but sometimes it's easy for us to get wrapped up in the noise of life and not be able to hear him. And last week, Tammy Youngins encouraged us to be still, to find that. And I'd encourage that this week, maybe seeking God this week really means to find that, that space with him. So, so we focus on the goal we come to understand the worth of it, and we lastly need to do the follow-through. The young man decides that the follow-through is that it's not worth it. He, he leaves. And we might do the same thing. We might even play the game, though. We're not willing to leave. We're saying, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And maybe we post on social media after this saying how it was a great message. Maybe we text the pastor saying, you know, oh, that was so good. Uh, maybe we like it on Facebook to show, you know, we watched it. We do those bare minimum things so that others can see it and pat us on the back and say, you're doing great. But in reality, we just go down the same stretch. It doesn't change our lives. We don't go deeper in our relationship. Because we can be challenged now to dig deeper, to create more time, to pursue Jesus. And those are things that sometimes people don't see, that they can't pat us on the back because they won't see those things. But it's about our relationship. And the longer we wait, the longer we do the bare, 
like necessities, the easier the habit is. It, the easier it is to just feel normal, to just, you know, just not put ourselves out there. Because digging deeper and reaching out to God, it might be scary. It might be uh, us needing to have conversations, maybe with other people, about some major hurts and some struggles that are going on. It might be opening up with God and letting ourselves feel and feel good things, but also feel difficult things. Or maybe it's opening up and knowing that God's going to ask us to change some things. And change is tough. Said in that scripture, with man, this, imp- this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We don't live our lives on our own if we don't have to, right? And we don't. We were created to be in relationship with God and he wants to be in relationship with us, but he won't force it. Follow through means pursuing God. Instead of maybe rushing to our Bibles to finish reading, breathe. Pray before you open it. It might mean popping on worship music instead of, you know, the radio or the podcast you like listening to. It might mean finding those 10 minutes And I get it. Sometimes it's hard to find those 10 minutes and find silence in your house. Maybe it's 10 minutes going outside your house and finding that quiet time with God. Or maybe it's picking up a book and reading it. I don't know. It means different things to each of us. But as we focus on the goal, the value, and the follow-through of relationship with God, our lives will be changed. We were meant to live life abundantly. And that means walking with God. So if you want to talk with someone about this or what it looks like, please enter in the chat, head on to our website. We want to talk with you about this. Maybe this is something you want to talk to with your small group. That's awesome. Maybe you don't have a small group, but you have kind of some friends you chat with. That, that can be a small group you can create. We, we do what we do because we know a relationship with Jesus changes everything. And maybe you're just feeling stuck. I encourage you, pursue it. And it might be scary and it might be hard. But seek Jesus more and more this week. And I want to pray with you. Dear Lord, I thank you for what you spoke today. God, we know that you just want relationship with us. You just want to hang out with us. That we're never too far gone for you that we never can arrive, but we can always grow more and more in relationship with you. And so we pray this week, help us to know how to seek you better. Help our ears and our hearts and our minds to be open to what you want to do in us this week. We thank you, God, for who you are. We love you. Be with us this week. Amen.